time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. What? Wait, is this? What was this? That's my tea. Oh. You think I'm drinking that much bourbon just sitting here? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. But I mean, Rob, I wouldn't put it past you. At 131 <laughs> proof, no. At 86, yes. I, I would just feel like I, I feel like I'm in the house of professionals right now. <laughs> oh, you are. Like two weeks ago, Larry shows up with a bottle of bourbon. It was gone. We open it, we finish it, and then we opened a new bottle. You should just... And it was just the two of us. You should do a side hustle of taking stuff to the recyclables. Like, you probably make some good money. I was thinking, you know what we should do is, like, cut the bottles in half and make candle holders out of booze bottles, because we have a shit ton. I don't think you should mix, like, fire and alcohol, like, in here. But I love both of those. There would be a lot more, like, body outlines you would have on the floor if you did that. I love fire and booze. You're just chaos. I have a fire pit out there. And what's funny is, like, I'll burn shit. Have you ever fallen into it? No. But my cousin fell in, fall, <laughs> felled into a... Felled? Is that a word? Felled? Fall. I think it felled is like when you're cutting trees down. I felled it. You felled it? Yeah. I, f- I fell into a fire before. Were you drunk? Yes. Yeah. Of course. But someone got me out right away. It was fine. Cool. That's unfortunate. No, I was dancing around the fire. <laughs> That's what you do. But I'll go outside, light a fire, come in to get something, and then I'll forget that I'm doing a fire. Larry shows up 15 minutes later. He's like, dude, I didn't know you were doing a fire. And I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot I was burning shit. Well, it's like the same. Like, I love lighting candles at home because it's like all ambiance. Yeah, it's, it's a mood. Yeah, you know. And uh, I would come home and I'd be like, oh, shit, I left it burning all day. Oh, no. It's fine. They're in the... Well, I have cats, too, so I'm like always... They're in, like, the little jars, so it's fine, but, like, I'm always worried that they're going to, like, walk past What's in the jars? It's like the Yankee candles, like, in the jars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought you said cats. No, 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 no. (laughs) Well, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I was like, that's some sick shit. I have some cats in jars. No, I have, like, three cats, so I'm always worried that they're going to, like, pass by the candle. (laughs) Now, is that your cats or their cats? Oh. Or they're all your cats I have two cats, personally, and then my boyfriend has a cat. Actually, he doesn't claim it is his cat. He says it's his daughter's cat. Mm, and I'm like, whatever. But it's his cat. No, it literally is his cat. This cat, okay, this cat's a badass. Her name's TK, and she'll, she only listens to him, so she'll go outside part-time, and he'll, like, call her, and he'll come. Like, that's his cat. He does not want to claim it, though. Are you serious? Yeah, and then we'll take the dog on a walk, and she'll follow us around the block with us. Do y'all yeah. put it on her leash, or no. she'll just walk with you? She's just a she's just a fr- badass free agent. My cats are super needy. They'll just they'll just shadow me the entire time. So my daughter moved home from Portland, Oregon, and brought a cat. Oh, it's all white. Oh. like it's all white, and that cat has a fucking attitude. I love cats. Like the other day, well, and this cat doesn't go outside. Like, it's an indoor cat. We don't Mm -hmm. let it go. Because there's feral cats in the neighborhood, you know? And so my daughter's, like, real anal about don't let the cat out. No. And uh, I feel like that's the best way to go, honestly. Like, I don't even like when when our cat goes outside. Like, I just always get nervous. Well, it's always, like, you always, I hate to say it, you have this morbid expectation. Like, one day she probably, like, she doesn't go far. She just, she hangs around the house. And then she'll just come back in, like, maybe, like, 15 and a half an hour later. Sometimes too. But like, you know, there's expectancy. Like, she might not come home one day. And you just have to accept it. 
Yeah. But she's a free spirit. I can't, I can't limit her. Yeah, that's how I am with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, one day they won't come home. You know what? Like, I have to say... Like, like, so I'm not a parent, but I'm a step parent. And like, when my boyfriend's out of town, I have to watch. So okay. you're you're more of a bitch when he's home. Yeah, well, to like, cause like, if they're like giving attitude and stuff, or they're not doing something, I'm like, you listen to your dad. You're gonna do this, all this other stuff. Like, I understand when parents are like, they don't want. Do they listen to you better when he's not home? Yeah, because they're afraid of me. Right. When he's there, <laughs> you're like, you need to listen to your dad. But or, when he's not or, there, you're like, you need to listen to me. Or the youngest. She's she's a teenager, right? So I don't want to be me. Well, she's kind of a bitch. How old? She's kind of a bitch sometimes. How okay, old? she's 14. How? Oh, well, and that's so, bitch age. So she'll like, I'll tell her to do something. She's like, okay, I'll go do it. And then she'll like go upstairs and she'll like be on the phone with her dad. Like, oh. And then, or she's like, there was a period where she was like mad at both me and my boyfriend and so she's like and i'm like okay I made you. she's like thank you for dinner and then or she like i'm like there's leftovers in the fridge you can make them and i'll be like downstairs and she'll be on the phone with her dad lauren's downstairs i'm not gonna go downstairs like she's like she'll she doesn't have the guts to be like yeah but you know what's to funny? my face are you aware that that age is when all girls become that way they come age at 10 we've well, been doing no, no, no. since she was 10 10 to 11 yes yes yes, yes. my daughter was a daddy's girl mm-hmm. like we did they everything so together sweet i remember i met her when she was eight and she was like the sweetheart but then when 10 11 hits <gasps> nightmares yeah it's my like a daughter struggle was like basically disowned me as her father from <laughs> 11 so dramatic to like 19 well, you know what the problem is? I, well, I think, okay, I think it's a societal problem and just a normal teenager problem. So societal, I think people, I think social media instills kids that everyone wants to hear their opinion. <laughs> when no one does. No one wants to hear anything from you because you're not, but, no one wants, because you don't know anything about no life. No one wants to hear your shit. No, and they, they act like they're the smartest person in the room. I'm like, you literally have not survived out in the real world. You don't know what it takes. Here's the difference between me and my wife. My wife tiptoes around whatever they're saying to, like, make sure that we're all good, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. You know, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, my boyfriend's the peacekeeper, and I'm like, no, <laughs> rip the tablecloth off the table. Like, we're going to take it. We're going to hash this out now. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that, so. Me too. I'm the confrontational. Let's get it over with. Well, I grew up in a family of yellers, okay? So that's how I talk normally. Well, I well, – and then I now what what town did you grow up in what what state I grew up in Illinois okay Chicagoland what? area so. oh so Chicago yeah like well, rough South, girl no 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 Southwest suburbs like I grew up in I called it Silver Spoon if if some <laughs> if a okay how I describe it <laughs> if Amber Crombie and Finch took a dump in the middle of a cornfield that's where I grew up ah oh, so not in the city no not gotcha at all. no. I mean, other than Chicago, that whole state is just farmland. Pretty much. I mean, it's like I grew up in like the southwest suburbs, so it was kind of a small. Do you have air conditioning? Oh yeah, yeah. I stayed with some people up in downtown. They didn't have air conditioning in Chicago. Yeah. Oh god. And it was July. You have have everything in there. You have to have heat and air conditioning. No, these people had the window open and a fan, and I was like, I can't sleep like this. Actually, no, I do lie. My parents didn't have air conditioning for a very. They would use it very sparingly. Yes. No, and then we had a basement though, so you just go in the basement. 
Well, when me and Tim went up to Chicago, we had met some people from Chicago that said, hey, man, if you're ever in town, hit us up. You got a free place to stay. When we heard that, we went the next weekend. <laughs> it's like, don't tell us we got a free place to stay if you don't mean it, because so we're use, showing up. Use that very, the gesture very sparingly. <laughs> I had, yeah, you don't give me your phone number and say I got a free place to stay, because literally we go to Chicago, we call them when we get there from a payphone. Because there's no cell phones at this time. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's going on, guys? And we're like, hey, man, we're in Chicago. You remember when you said we could stay with you? You're such a jerk. <laughs> That's my worst nightmare. I will never Don't I will never offer that to anyone. Do not say it if you do not mean it. You know, it's crazy, though. Like, I remember when I lived in Long Beach and I stayed at this rinky. Like, I lived in this rinky-ding studio. And this one guy I used to work with like years ago, hey, I'm going to be in Long Beach. Can I sleep on your couch? I'm like, bitch, I don't even have a couch. Let's get that started. And no, you're not staying with me. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, you'd be like on the floor. And I, like, you're not hot enough to share a bed with me. So you're not staying with me. <laughs> so when I lived in St. Louis, Tim moved up to move in with me because I got him a job for the same company. Mm-hmm. I had a blow-up air mattress and a sofa. That's all I had. See, I just had like a bed and like a shitty chair. Well, My bed I, was everything. I, 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 I probably I, would disgust people because I ate in that bed. I did everything in that bed. Well, because that was your comfortable spot. <laughs> yeah. Was, you didn't have anything else. Yeah. I was, oh, I remember I, you had to have your own refrigerator too. Like they didn't have. Oh, any, well, the apartments had their own refrigerator. No, not not in Long Beach. They didn't. You had to get your own. So I got like a little. Now, how old were you then? I was like 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't like twenty. Yeah, but you know, I what feel like you I feel like 20? I was a late bloomer uh, in terms of. I'm still I, blooming. Yeah, getting. I mean, I when I was twenty, I was, I was, uh, you know, going to school, going to college. I was still living at home. Uh, mm. Like, so when, well, how old were you? When you moved out. I think I was twenty four. Okay. So that was kind of a late bloomer. Yeah. Because I, most people move out before that. Yeah, I didn't officially like because I graduated college and then I was I was working like two jobs at the time, and then you know parents butting heads with your parents and I was like you know I think it's time to move out. I don't think I was technically financial ready to move out, but like I was like, well, you're never financial. No, you're ready. never ready. And then you just and I'm like you know what if I'm going to be serious about actually finding like a big girl job and making it, I just need to do it. I just need to rip off the mandate and do it. So I did it. It I was a rough out. start. It was a rough few years, though. Let me tell you. Oh, I know. I moved out before I graduated high school. Yeah. You know, I have to give it to those people because I think that's truly brave to do that. Like, you don't have anything just like, figured I out. I want to party with nobody overseeing me. See, I was like a scared rule follower. And I'm like, I got to go Were you college. really? Yeah. Like, every. well, I am still. You know, I don't follow rules. I know you don't. <laughs> I still do. Like, I, 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 me- I have a mixed... <laughs> I have a mixed. If I, you could just get over that hurdle, I'd be. I, you'd be so I'd more be t- relaxed. I'd be terrifying. I no, think I would you'd be, be awesome. No, I'd be terrifying in a good way. Right. <laughs> Join the club, girl. There's, you know, maybe some people are so lucky that I'm very self-deprecating. Because if I wasn't, man, holy shit. <laughs> so when we were in Vegas, I told you like. We come out of the conference, and I just walk right up to the front of that line when there's like 60 to 80 people waiting for a cab. I just walk right up, and, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to need a cab for five people. She's like, okay, wait one moment. And then she's like asking these other people, like, how many people, how many people, and how many people? And they were all like two or three, so they could fit in smaller cars. And while she's working on getting me a ride, 
my buddy Tim is in the end of the line going, Rob, the end of the line's back here. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'd be like, I'd be like that Karen. I'd be like, you need to get in line. Don't cut me. No, but seriously, though, I, I am like, no, I have to follow. The I don't wait in lines. I do. Well, I, I decided this year I'm going to enter my villain era. Once you get there, you're going to be like, I don't this know what is- took me so long. No, because, okay, I hate to say it. Like, I'm a, per- a person who's very... Hey, I don't know if anybody knows anything, but we're actually recording a show here, Sam. Go ahead. Anyways. Uh, so, I'm very, like, paranoid about, like, social etiquette. I want to make sure I'm always polite and, like, I don't want to... I'm polite. Yeah, but then I... I don't walk up there expecting you to help me. But professionally, I met so many people that are just like... Okay, Why are you doing that? How far did... How did you come this far? And then I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not saying I'm going to be like a willy-nilly bitch, but I'm going to be more of a bitch with a purpose. I call it no, being no, a bitch no. with a purpose. You don't have to be a bitch. You know what you do? No, but I call it being a bitch with a purpose. It's being assertive and just not caring anymore. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go flagrantly. Just, I'm not going to be like a toddler just waving their arms around all the time. So you're a much better person than I am, okay? Just so you know. Which is not the bar's Man, very low. The bar is very low. But, like, I don't know how inherently I become this way, but, like, I just realized, like, this... Year, You've been working in a men's industry, and you're like, you know what? This is bullshit. Doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. I don't need to stick to this guideline. Fuck it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's like, so, like, we're just... And when I cut to the front of the line, I'm not a dick about it. You know what? I show up, and I act like I don't know any better. You know, that's good. And I'll tell you, my friend Tim, we check into the airport the day before, and he checks in like two hours before me. I check in, and he's like, oh, I'm in the A line. You're in the B line. And I'm like, all right, I don't give a shit. Oh, see, I I do come to the airport early, too. (laughs) So we get to the airport. We're sitting in the chairs, and they go, okay, we're calling in the A's. And he jumps up and gets in line. And I sit there with all my shit. And then they're like, all right, we're boarding the A's and uh, the B's. If you'll come start a line over here. And so I jump up. I go stand in front of Tim. And I'm like, all right, now we're moving. You know how that works for you, though? It's because everyone else is following the rules. That's it. That's what – because, like, people – like, and then – I feel like the people who are like mandating the line, they're just like, fuck it. I just They don't give a shit. I'm not gonna die in this hill today. Do I, I wanna have an argument with some dude? So you're literally taking advantage of the system of people following the rules because if it was all chaos, it you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get to but the when front you of the line. When you sprinkle in just a little chaos, people are like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But while I'm in front of Tim, right as I'm getting ready to go, he you know what he says to me? The beeline's over there. <laughs> I would have done the same thing. You know what I said? Like, fuck this bitch. You're going to the beeline. I said, I don't I'm need better. a fucking game referee following me around telling me the rules. Because that's what he does. Well, as they say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So Thank you. You're just always trying. I'm always trying. And if it doesn't work, I go to the end of the line like everybody else. Yeah. Like, but Woo-hoo. normally it works. You're going to be a fantastic old person because I cannot wait till I'm elderly because then I'll just be like, I'll be a perpetual. Well, actually, the older knowing my get- uh, karma, I'm going to have dementia anyway. But I'll be just like, oh, I can't. Do- oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. If they, t- if they tell me I shit, that's what I, I'm know. like. Oh, the line's back there. Just putting shit in my bag like oh i didn't even know oh sorry now here's the difference though like what i do to get in the front of the line and get my cab larry not so good larry's not smooth larry's cussing people out (laughs) (laughs) and it's like 
<laughs> well, I feel like they would take him seriously, though, because oh, he's a big do. dude. Oh, they like, do. They do. I mean, it's funny. My dad's a very tall man. He's like, you know, I feel like I was able to get out of a lot of things in life. I ran my mouth. It was just because I was tall and no one fucked with me. <laughs> because people are like, oh, that dude's going to beat know, my ass. If I had a superpower, I wish that it was it. I wish if when I needed it, I could just morph into a big, tall, okay. mean looking guy. And that would be my superpower. And I love that idea. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. When you feel like you need that superpower, just pretend. Oh, it I works know. the same. I do. I've gotten in confrontations before. I don't see you as a very big confrontational person. Oh, I have a few stories. When was the last time you got into a real confrontation? Oh, like, I do have a story. It was years ago, though. Um, cigar or pre-cigar? No, it was... Well, I was smoking. I've been smoking cigars for a while. So, um, it's not in the cigar industry. Yeah, she's not just blowing smoke, people. She <laughs> actually is a cigar person. So, I think I was like 24, 25. And so, when I moved out, I had like a string of bad luck. It was a very stressful couple years. So... I, I got tried to get a professional job, got fired from that. So I was like, I'm trying to make ends meet. What did so, you get fired for? Oh, it was stupid. It was like a small hair accessories company. <laughs> and they just like, like brushes? No, it was like it was like for women. It was like hair accessories. So we would sell extensions? The, no, it was I like I don't know what it, women's hair accessories is. So what they is would that? be like headbands. Like Carrie Underwood was wearing them a lot. Like it was like these headbands or whatever, and you can tie your hair into it. And so we would sell them to like hairstylists and stuff like that. Um, I just, that's what sucks about sometimes with smaller companies is like, if you don't fit in with the sales, like the, the companies, they don't, they're just going to fire you. So it was like kind of one of those instances. And I was young, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, where I fit into the professional world. Oh, so, hell yeah. So that was like a learning, I guess, a learning hurdle. So was that speak. your first job to be fired from? Yeah, actually it was. How was that experience? I mean, were you like. Oh, it sucks. Like, you're just like. I know, but were you like beat down about it or were you like. Eh, no, because you got to you gotta find another job. You have to find another job. Like, you you have. It's, it's. Getting fired is actually a very humbling experience because, well, so you do. I did. You know, you take your self-responsibility, but then you look at it in hindsight. And you're like, okay, that wasn't a good fit or whatever. And then and then if you have to make ends meet, there's no choice about. There's no choice about, you know, being sad about it. You just have to go find another job because you have bills to pay. So you're just like, I'm just going to have to make this work. Yeah, I'm going to find a job where I got to start stealing shit. So I was working. So I decided to go apply to Aldi just to make ends meet. I, I worked at Aldi for. You work at Aldi? I worked at Aldi. I did. Uh, and I have to say, it was a good job. I don't I, return my cart for a quarter. Just a little bitch. Then. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Y'all go pay some people to come get this shit. No, but it's a, it's okay. So I made a joke about so if the grocery world was ancient Greece, Aldi would be Sparta because they work you. Like you have to work because you, it's bare minimum staff. And you do everything. So you're running around crazy. That's the business model of corporate America today. Well, it's like physical. So you're like unloading pallets and then you're like scrubbing the floors and then you're on the register and then as soon as oh, you're, the lines you're down, doing all of that? You're doing everything. And so- Because the checkers are usually above all that other shit. No, at Aldi, you have to do everything. Like that's their whole business model. That's why the, their prices are so cheap because they like they hire skeleton crew. That's, gotcha. So I was working that. I was actually working in DeKalb. So that was like the busiest Aldi in the Chicago land area. So usually when you go into Aldi, there's like two checkers out at a time, maybe. We always had five open because that's how busy it was. It was like wow. goddamn locusts that would come in, like destroy the whole place. And our pallets were like up to the ceiling, like every five I didn't even know morning. they were cheap. Like they're cheap, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm a budget girl, too. I I'm still a budget shop- person. I still shop at Aldi. But anyways, so I was working there, and then I went through a couple cars because one of my cars was parked in front of my apartment, and I remember getting up because I had to work at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, so it was, like, before 5, I get down there, and I'm like, I don't remember parking my car that far down the street. <laughs> Someone hit my car. And they moved it in a straight line. They bent the frame and everything. So luckily, my parents had another car. What so kind of car was it? It was a Hyundai Accent. So <laughs> I remember my dad came. I was like, damn, my car. It's like someone hit it. And I was driving around the block and it was like rattling. And I'm like, it's still good. And it's like trying to turn it's a little bit. It's still fine. He's like, no, Lord. I was so devastated because I just like I just got this job at Aldi and then my car is gone. And so luckily my parents were getting rid of a car and they just gave it to me. But then, like two months later, I lived in Chicago. So like we got bad snowstorms and it was like blizzard, blizzard weather all the time. And then it got so cold that day. So all the snow on like the on the curb and everything was like super high and frozen. So I was driving to work and it was an SUV type of car. I skidded on a patch of ice, hit the hit the the bank, and then I went down the bank and rolled oh, the car a couple times. Did it roll? Yeah, it rolled twice. And I was fine. I wasn't going that fast. Airbags my- come out? No. I was I was wearing a seatbelt and it just rolled on the side. So I hit it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it went down. And then, so my, my uncle let me borrow a car before I figured And this is when I was figuring it out. So it was this big ass key. I remember that. And so I got off of work that day and uh, one of my buddies was going to go with me to look for cars to go car shopping. And so I was going to get gas and I was at this, it was downtown St. Charles and there was this like little teeny gas station. St. Charles? In Illinois. Okay. And I remember I parked it because I think there was a, there was a pump in front of it that was out of service. And then there was, there was a middle pump and there was a pump behind me. So I pull up and like, okay, so I'll go in this one. And then a car pulled up behind me and I'm filling up a gas and this guy comes with like a beamer and he parks in the out of order section out of order pump and he goes inside and i'm like okay i'm kind of blocked in right now like i need to like because like it was like really tight so i was like okay i'm blocked in right now and so i'm waiting for him to come out so he can move or like the other car to move and i'm like you know i'm just gonna ask the guy politely when he gets a chance to move his car so i get inside and uh I see him and I'm like, hey, like, can you like, hey, I just, you know, sir, when you get a chance, like, can you like move your car? I was super polite. Like, I'm just blocked in. I have a really big car. Like, you know, it just helped me out. And he's like, okay. Like, and I was like, okay, fine. So I go out and I'm like waiting in my car. And then this guy comes up to my window <laughs> and he starts explaining to me how I need to back out my car and move my car so he doesn't have to move. And the way he was talking to me. Was like down to you? Yeah. And I like, I think all the stress inside of me just broke. I like all the pent up stress. And I remember I'm wearing steel toe <laughs> boots. I get out of the car and I'm like, you know, I just fucking asked you politely to move your goddamn car. So quit being a fucking asshole and just move it. And did he move it? Oh, and he's like, you're a fucking bitch. I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. And, and this did is- he move it? No, no. Oh. So we're, scr- 
this is like before iPhones were like really a thing, and we're just like, been, that "Fuck a you!" Video, oh, viral, dude, I would have gone viral. I'm like, "Fuck you!" Fuck you! Like just yelling, <laughs> and then finally the car behind me was. I'm like, "Yeah, fuck you!" And I get my car. He's like, "You're a stupid bitch." I'm like, "Why are you a fucking bitch?" And I just like backed out. I drove away, and I and did you have the finger out the window <laughs> yeah, on your way out? Lost. And then I went home and I made myself a bowl of ice cream and I'm talking to my friend and I'm like, this is is me. I'm like bawling because I'm so frustrated. And And see, that's the difference between men and women because men would be like, yes. That's what you need to do is be like, yes. It was not my finest hour. And they're like, Lauren, you could have been shot or something. I'm like, I didn't care. Like, you just see red. At the moment, you don't care. Rage. Like, just pure rage. I think that was, like, probably the most confident. (laughs) Like, I could have died. (laughs) I'm going to ask you another question, though. Have you ever done – what do you need, a lighter? There you go. Yeah. Have you ever been in a girl-on-girl fight? Like pulling hair, punching, all that stuff. It never got to that point. I think, like, the closest I've ever really gotten. I wish I've gotten in more fights, honestly. Uh, I think it would have done me some good. Uh, It would have just been nice just to deck someone a couple. Because I was picked on a lot in school when I was younger. For what? God, I was so gangly. And I was just, like, I was just not not a cool kid. For those listeners of our show, you got to dumb it down a little bit. Because I don't even know. What gangly mean? Oh, gangly? Well, I'm I'm tall, as you can tell. Um, Rather thin. So (laughs) How how tall are you? I'm 5'10". That's how tall my daughter is. So puberty wasn't the kindest. I had, like, glasses and braces. And I'm, like, all limbs. I look like a freaking centipede. Like, just like... Like, I was... And then I didn't dress, I guess, the most savviest when I was that age either, you know, because your parents are buying all your clothes. So, like, I remember, like, having, like, this is when flares were in when I was in middle school. So they, you're going through girl spurs. Like, like, 70s. Like, like just boot cut jeans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Flares. But, like, they didn't make them long. So, like, I would grow, go through a girl spurt and they were ready to be floodwaters. <laughs> and then my, oh, my parents would buy me, like, the New Balance chunky sneakers before they were freaking cool. And so I'm, like, wearing these floodwaters and then this. And they're New white Balance. leather. And I would literally, like, strategically sit to, like, make them look longer. Like, it was ridiculous. So I wasn't the coolest kid. And I had a loud mouth on me anyway. So that didn't do me any favors. Uh, but. Did you make good grades? Yes, I did. Were you an A student? Uh, I had to try really hard at math. I'm not good at math at all. But so. you were an A student. Yeah, like A, B, like C was like my lowest. I was a straight up D. Yeah. My I parents, went, my parents to, thought C's were not acceptable. I went to summer school my senior year. Well, that's fun. <laughs> and I was such good friends with the principal because I was in his office a lot that he substituted P.E. for my English credit in summer school. Oh, look at, but look, we're in the same spot I went now. bowling see? and swimming, and it was awesome. That's nice. Yeah, I was a pretty good student. Um, but I remember the student. I didn't go to class. <laughs> I did. I was. I tried hard at school. I really did. Like, I went to Monterey High School in Lubbock, and it was like the party high school. Like, nobody gave a shit that we were all partying. People were smoking dope in class. Oh, no. See, I was, I tried to get hard at a, well, I mean, college, college was fine. Like, well, this was also the 80s. Oh, it's totally different. <laughs> were you even born in the 70s? You weren't. No, I was born in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. I'm 80s, baby. I'm yeah. A, I'm yeah. a straight up millennial. Or what, when were you born? 85. See? 
Like ages, babies. I was 88. 88. Yeah. I graduated in 87. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That laugh is a little over the top for that information. Do you feel old right now? <laughs> I don't. I don't. My brain feels like I'm 15. No, I the I remember getting in a fight in middle school. Um, Stupid bitch April. Hated her. She was like an ogre, and she was such a bully. And she sat at her lunch table, and she was picking on my friends. So I thought it was smart to tell her to stop. <laughs> Like, how did you tell her though? I was like, "Don't, like, don't talk to my friends that way." Like, I was just like, "Don't do that." And she's just like, so she she proceeds to reach, grab my hair, pull her, and then I have this big water bottle full of chocolate milk. So I just pop the tab, pour it all over her. Nice. And then she's like, "You're gonna clean this up." I'm like, "No, you're gonna clean up, you stupid bitch." And then I like walked away. <laughs> I just. I did get a detention. You're like, I'm not going to be bullied. But that's like the closest fight I ever got into. So okay. I think I've gone into a couple scuffles like that, but it's usually people just break us up right away and it just never came to blows. You've never been in any knockdown drag outs. No, no. I wish I have though. I wish. Maybe I've been in two. Time will tell. I got a lot of pent up rage. Yeah, you, so. <laughs> you're still young. There's plenty of time. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're going to shift gears here. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to have the hatch. Come on and interview Lauren Copper. I feel like it's going to be a mutual interview because I have some questions to ask her. Oh, you should. Yeah, I do. Like, you should put her on the spot. You know what I mean? Let, let me tell you what her weaknesses are. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, guys, we'll be right back after a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Hatch, how are you like in your 20s? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm probably like most okay. So in your 20s, mm -hmm. were you insecure? And then you oh, reached yeah. you in, in your 30s, you came into your confidence level. Yeah, I told I just telling Rob earlier, I'm yeah. in my villain era 100%. 100%. Like so, 35, I'm like over it. Like, yes. I'm like, time to be a complete bitch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I was telling them a long time ago, I'm like, for some reason, the entire 20s, girls are insecure, but the second they hit 30, something changes. Well, okay, so. I have to admit, when I was, like, in my 20s, oh, I, you know, I think it's, like, kind of ugly duck, duckling syndrome. So I grew up, like, really awkward. Okay. And then get to high school and suddenly go through puberty, you lose your braces, get a pair of tits, and then you kind of, like, know how to, like, you know, I guess put on makeup or whatever. And you're getting this male attention. So I'm like, oh, my God, looks are so important. Yeah. So, like, I remember in my 20s, like, I have to be perfect and be attractive and all this other stuff. I don't know, like maybe in your 30s, like you understand like the egg timer is going to go off. So you just stop giving a fuck. <laughs> Honestly, that could be it. Like, I don't know. I remember, gosh, I was like 32 is when I found out that it's like you're you're considered geriatric for pregnancy at 35. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And <laughs> no, I actually had, I think, an existential crisis when like what, Miss America, you're too old when yeah. you're 25. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm more interesting now. Well, and that was at 25. I was still an idiot. Yeah, for but, real. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, use good. You can't be a role model no, anymore. No, you're done. You can't you're get out. scholarships. Like, on the way out. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you were saying you grew up in Illinois. Mm -hmm. Did I make this up? Did you do a stint in California, too? Yeah, I did. Okay, so where else have you lived? I lived in Long Beach, California, and Sacramento. Okay, so having lived all over the country, what's the culture difference like? Has it been a big adjustment for you, or are you just naturally like go with the flow? Uh, I think I'm a little bit of go with the flow, but I do like observing and okay. looking. Like, I actually like talking about, like, social 
climate differences, yeah. I guess. Um, well, it's funny. When I moved to Sacramento after living in Long Beach for a while, I was like – I made a joke about dating is that the guys in Southern California like to tell you how much money they make. Oh, okay. And then the guys in Northern California want to take you hiking. Yes. <laughs> so that's a difference, okay. which I found. But it was great because I was single when I lived in, in both Southern California and Northern. So I just like – in Long Beach, I remember people going, oh, you have an accent? Mm-hmm. Like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> like, and then I would just pretend like, oh, money, I don't care about that. No. Like, not, I'm just a humble Midwest girl. <laughs> Got me laid all the time. It was oh fantastic. <laughs> like, you, just, you don't try to keep up with them. You just be different. Right, Like, right. that's how you play the game. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what was it like moving to Texas? Texas? You know, I think, well, I was telling you guys like off air, I'm kind of in my soft girl era. You know, I've, you know, I'm in a relationship, long-term relationship. So I've definitely like calmed down a lot. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't, and then also too, when I moved to Texas, it was literally when they implemented quarantine in California. Oh, okay. And I need to get the hell out of here. So I, cause I saw the writing on the wall before anything happened. So I moved to Texas and I don't know. I felt like Texas was a really good adjustment. I don't think there was a big cultural shock to me. Really? And it's funny because like at the, that peak when everyone was an asshole in COVID, um, everyone painted out Texas as this like awful, like alt-right conservative, like no one's open-minded here, but it's actually very moderate. So I think it's very easy to blend in. And actually people are super nice here, super respectful. Everyone wants to do their own thing. And that's what I like to live my life. Just leave me alone. Let me do. I know she does. Metroplex. Is that different? different than here. Is it? Oh, so I don't know. Like I, I, and then I just got into the cigar industry right away. Okay. So I feel like my association, like I'm never leaving Texas. Okay. 100%. I love it here. I will, this is, this is where I'm going to lay my roots. Never going back to Illinois too, because the winters are terrible. <laughs> so I'm not going here. So weather's great. People are great. Like it here. hundred percent. Okay. So have you traveled a bunch? Uh, around the United States, I have. Okay. I've been to, I've been out at like country a couple times. Nothing crazy. Like yeah. I've been to Scotland before. That's about it. But yeah, I've been all over the country though. Okay, cool. I've heard you were out of the country. I did. I took a little trip down to Antarctica in December. <laughs> just a humble little <laughs> just trip. Just a humble little trip. Yeah. Let me just say this: if you ever consider doing it, go with National Geographic. They, is that who you went with? That's who I went with. That is so cool. They are fantastic. It is like going to a whole different planet. I mean, it's amazing down there. So, like, what was so what was I guess your main ambition to go down to Antarctica? Okay, so the true story. This is the entire reason I decided to go. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but back in December of 22, um, there was an article that came out talking about a woman who had died on the Drake Passage, which is the body of water between argentina and antarctica that you have to travel through yeah and i was like what the fuck like that's actually dangerous well come to i mean so what had happened was a rogue wave hit their ship and i don't know the details but i'm like oh my gosh like i didn't know it's like seriously dangerous i think i want to do that (laughs) and i'm like that's challenge accepted challenge accepted and so i kind of started looking at it and i knew from the very beginning the second I found out National Geographic took people down there and did expeditions and stuff, I'm like, why would you not want to go with their scientists, mm-hmm. their photographers, like their experts, rather than just a luxury cruise of, you know, hanging out with whatever. Um, so I signed up on a whim in July, this past July, and went in December when it, which it's, it's their summer down there. So mm-hmm. the high is like 30. So it's, it's absolutely gorgeous and amazing. Oh, wow. 
very breathtaking. So, like, it's it's all snow and ice, right? Yes. Well, I mean, there's some. There was the first place we went to had a little bit of greenery, not much. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the places, I mean, yeah, it's just glaciers everywhere and just magnificent just scenery. It's, it's incredible. Does it, like, humble you, like, as a human being? Like, is it kind of like... Because like, I feel like we all, like, treat our lives like we're the main character in the story. And yeah. then you realize the world is so much bigger. Yes. So what's funny is the guys were like, did, did you smoke cigars on the ship? And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said nerds. <laughs> there are nerds. And I said, here's the deal. As I said, I was, like, open to it. Nobody else was. And there was another guy with me who had. to do it for the Graham girl. I know, for real. Um, he had brought cigars with him. And he goes. It's just kind of one of those, like, you almost feel like you're defiling the place because it's so pure down there. You Mm -hmm. don't want to, like, and that's stupid reasoning, but that's almost what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Like, even a cigar is going to somehow blemish this place or something. So, anyways, but I ended up not smoking, but we had had considered it. So, it was just kind of like, you don't want to be the first one out of the gate. Now, Rob would have been smoking within five minutes being on the ship. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys just went on the ship? Like, because I've seen, like, you know, videos online. They have the compounds and everything. Were you on a compound? So the... Everywhere you stay, you stay on the ship. Mm-hmm. The only people who stay on the actual land are scientists. Okay, that so, makes sense. Yes. And so you go out, you do expeditions, you see the wildlife and stuff. And There's then you, wildlife down there. Oh, yeah. The, we, there's tens of thousands of penguins, different species Aww. of penguins, uh, whales, birds, seals. I mean, just, yeah, tons of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. No, that is awesome. Like, I, the closest I've ever gotten to that is, like, Alaska. Yeah. But that's about it. But that's, like, that's such a really, like, rare experience yeah. to and, have. And so that's one of what my other reasoning was. I'm like, I kind of like the idea of going to a place when, and I tell people, like, when you think of the grand history of the world, very few people have ever been there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've really only been going since maybe 1800s, really like tourism, you know, the last, you know, several years. I say several years, several decades. So, yeah, it was it's a it's a blast. No, it's like kind of like the next, I guess, like the untouched frontier. Yes. And there is something exciting about yes. it because I feel like especially like a modern day, like it makes it almost like makes you not want to travel sometimes because you just get all this like information readily available Mm -hmm. but like you're in like basic like naked wilderness yes naked wilderness is the perfect way to describe that Mm -hmm. yes that's so exciting yeah so um survive the drake passage that thing is gnarly as all get out you weren't scared at all (laughs) i would be terrified i wasn't scared i did get sick as a dog the first day got my sea legs pretty quickly after that um some people really struggled with it i mean that boat is all over creation (laughs) oh that reminds me like i've been you know so crazy like you get on these like rabbit holes like online watching videos and i've been like watching like a bunch of like the north sea videos yes but it's exciting like you're like you're like out in the trenches and like your ship's going all over the place and like these are real men that are out there too (laughs) so and that's hot honestly it is it's gnarly (laughs) (laughs) so my next trip i'm like i think i'm gonna go to norway next february march-ish and see it's supposed to be the peak time to see the northern lights so i'm gonna go see them in norway yeah so and people will say do you have a thing with cold weather you know places i'm like no i just happen to that's happens to be where i want to go right now i feel like well as much as i hate cold weather yeah like i i don't think it's a pain in the ass to i guess 
like optionally partake in it, mm-hmm. when, especially when it's something that you know you're getting into it. And there's something so crisp and clean yes. and just pure about cold weather climates sometimes. Yes. And they I'll have- be honest, I'm a baby when it comes to cold weather. Mm-hmm. Like I'm serious. That's why I live in Texas. I'm a baby when it comes to it. <laughs> but baby skin. I, I am. So, but I'm like for a really cool scene. Absolutely. I'm yeah. There. If it's recreational, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's probably when I live in Sacramento, like people wanted to go. Sn- I, I dated this guy and he wanted to go snowshoeing. <laughs> I guess I'll do it. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're we're in REI because like everyone's a whore for REI there, uh-huh. and he's showing me like downy jackets and like shells and telling me the difference. And he's like, "You grew up in Chicago, like didn't you like understand this?" I'm like, "You don't understand, okay? Like you bought one winter coat, and that's it. You survive it through the winter, and we don't we don't fuck around with the snow. This is not like a recreational. This is not an aesthetic." Yes. So <laughs> like, I'm assuming you figured out in Texas, when it gets really cold, we don't have cold weather gear. We just don't go outside. No, I don't We like stay that. in our pajamas and we don't go outside. I like that, though. Like, I see snow. I'm not going anywhere. No. Like, I'm not. No, I'm staying it's home like, it's, and I'm a big baby and I don't care. <laughs> yeah. There's like quarter inch ice outside. We just don't go. We know. We just, yeah. You, yeah. We watch movies all day. Yeah. As much as like the Chicago in me is like, I can handle this. This is, well, actually, no, I told Rob before I rolled a car that way. But uh, <laughs> I'm okay with staying at home. Like, I'm not risking my life for anything. No, so. I'm the same way. So, whatever. But what do you have coming up this year? It's it's February 2024. What are you looking forward to? Oh, gosh. You know, just, I think, let's see. I try to think about, like, my starting of the new, like, the year. You have your New Year's resolutions and oh, stuff like that. Oh, you do those? I, I think I do do so more now. But I'm like kind okay. of a person that's always working towards self-improvement. Yes. I, I don't think you can rest at all. Like you should always have personal goals. I like out. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just an asshole moving through life. That's right. Well, we're in my villain era, so we're doing that. Um, But I just decided that recently. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, just, I, you know, it's, it's literally, I've been on like kind of a financial journey like the last year. So I'm not in credit card debt. Nice. Uh, thank you. Very good. Uh, socking away money. And I want, <laughs> my boyfriend makes fun of me all the time, but I will be a minimalist in two years. Did you notice that Rob is not a minimalist? No. Not at all. No. Oh I would love to be a minimalist. <laughs> I would love to 100%. Like, I, that is like my fantasy life is being a minimalist. I briefly lived the life of a minimalist when I renovated. This is very first world problems. I renovated my 3,000 square foot house and moved into a duplex with a twin bed and a a fold-out table and, a, and, and my dog. And I bet I, those were the happiest times ever. It was awesome. We didn't have TV. We didn't have internet. We had nothing for four months. And I'm like, man, I'm like, what I've realized is we don't need 90% of the shit we have. Like, we really don't. Well, like, I've moved around a lot, and it's exhausting moving. And you never think I have a lot of stuff. But mm. then when you're moving, you're like, I have too much shit. Yeah. And then I, like, I struggle with organization all the time. And I think that would just be an easy solution. But my toxic ass is like, well, like, I need to buy more clothes so that can be my minimalistic wardrobe. Mm-hmm. So I'm on that. It's a process and it's a journey. Okay. So I'm trying I'm trying to do that right now. I think that's, like, kind of one of my main goals. And obviously working, paying bills, yep. and just trying to be the best adult you can. Okay. So luckily. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You're like a typical 30-year-old. I know. I have an accidental <laughs> crisis, like, every week, though. I have them, like, daily. So. Yeah. Like, it's, like, especially around my period. It's just like, oh, like, no. Nah! <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. What am I doing with my life? All the time. Yes. So, no. The last year, and this is morbid, I'm like, the theme of that I just kept constantly encountering was death. Like, death of different, you know, my dog died, my grandmother died, had another person died. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, my dog died a couple Yeah. And ago. so, it's like, you're just, you're thinking about that in that existential way, which yeah. is getting way too philosophical for our listeners. But, I mean, yeah. Like, I totally get that. Like, what am I doing with my life? What do I want to be spending my time on and my energy? Well, it's just like, it's crazy. Like, even, like, you know, I don't even want to say this because I still feel like a like a dog is, a, you know, it's family. Oh, absolutely. And it makes you confront the idea of death. And so, like, I remember after I put my dog down, I was just like, nothing matters. Like, this is pointless. Like, you know, some of the stupid shit, like, you just realize it's pointless. And it really makes you rethink of how you do things. It's not like just like I have this precious time on earth, but it really does put things in perspective of what's important and what's mm-hmm. not important. Yeah. And what are you wasting your energy on? So what are your big time goals that you want to achieve if you're thinking about that? Well, definitely like like having a substantial savings account, which I I got the emergency fund down packed, Heck which yeah. is great. Um, so like it's funny, like I th- God, it amazes me how I lived throughout my twenties, just being so financially just like chaotic. Really, <laughs> didn't have any money, but like I was not that stressed about it. And now I'm like probably the most stable I've ever been. And it's crazy. It does change your perspective on things. Like for example, like last week, um, I don't know, it's about getting older too. Uh, so I was driving my boyfriend's car because it was a bigger car. I just felt like driving it, and I ran over a board on the highway because I couldn't get around it, and I had a blowout. So I went on the side of the road. I know how to change a tire. So I was like, okay. Good for you. So I'm like, okay, time to change the tire. And I had to YouTube where the tire was still because I was like, I, all right, make a model. Like, oh, there's a tire. Okay, cool. So I'm getting it stuff. And this guy pulls over and he's like, hey, can I, do you need help? And back in my 20s, like, I would have been like, no, I don't need any help. And my life was, I had no control over my yeah, life. Yeah. But it's funny how you more control over your life and you're like, sure, you can help. Fuck it. Let's go. Like, I'm on the highway. I want to get the fuck out of here. So help me out, please. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. I, it, I just realized, I was thinking about that later and I just thought it's so interesting. Like, I don't know if it's just a mixture of maturity or like you're just so confident in yourself as a person. It doesn't matter about how others view you. Yeah. And you want to work smarter, not harder. Oh, yeah. I'm always about working smarter these days. I saw this meme recently and it said something like, uh, if, you, uh, if you, what was it? Something like... Why do you care about what other people think? Have you seen other people? Or it's like, I don't even like everyone. <laughs> like, have you seen the people that are judging you? Come on now. Yeah. Or it was I was saying before, it's just like, you don't even like everyone. Like, yeah. why would you care if they like you? Exactly. Like, there's a lot of people I don't like either. So I'm like, Oof, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that's like the best superpower to gain in my 30s when I just didn't care if people liked me or not. Which is kind of dangerous, though, sometimes. It can be, yeah. Because I can be a really grumpy bitch sometimes. You? Oh, no. So grumpy. So moody. <laughs> so what is it like being a stepmom? Oh, it's, it's... You're what, 33? 35. 35, okay. Um, It's tough, definitely. <laughs> I don't recommend it to everyone. Okay. Uh, but, like, I think it's just... Because I don't want to be a mother. Uh, like a Like a, you know, birth children or any of that stuff. Yeah. So I think I'm... You know, I'm at the age, too. Even if it doesn't work out with my boyfriend, like, I'm going to be working with the age demographic that's going to have kids. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the facts of life. And it's been a journey, 100%, because there's... I think when you watch movies when you're younger, well, first thing, there is a toxic evil stepmom 
like belief that oh, yeah. is instilled in children a lot, yeah. especially like Disney movies and all that other crap. Yeah. So you have to work your against, and then you have like some other movies where you have like fucking Mary Poppins walking in. <laughs> And, like, the kids love her right away, and it's amazing. Or, you know, like, the dad has his chick girlfriend, but, like, this woman's amazing. He's going to date this woman because the kids mm-hmm. like her more. Okay, throw that shit out the window. All of it. Like, don't care if the kids like you. Like, obviously, you're not going to be – you're dating more than one person, essentially, yep. in a way. Like, yeah. you're still – like, it's being respectful and everything. But at the same time, like, it's okay if the kids don't like you yeah. because you have to have boundaries – and there's certain – especially with divorced parents, like, you have a single dad and a single mom most of the time, and they're not getting a third-party perspective, especially if their ex-partner is not the best. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're kind of like the sounding board. Like, hey, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. And so you have to work your way around that a lot. And it's taken a while. Like, sometimes I don't know if his kids like me necessarily, but I know they respect me. Yeah. And they – they can rely on me when they need it. And that's important, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's, like, the most important thing to remember as a step-parent. They don't have to like you, but if the shit's hitting the fan and you're, like, their dad's not around, they're calling me. Yeah, and you're getting the call. Like, that shows something. Like, I will make them dinner. I will pick them up from a situation that they are not comfortable in. Like, that's what my role is. So it's taken a while. Like, I will yell at them 100%. But and then you do care for them, it, it, but it is tough because they're not yours, and so like you don't have to like them all the time. And there's sometimes like, oh, I can just pack up and leave. <laughs> so, was that a tough <laughs> transition? It was because I think when I first started dating my boyfriend, I wasn't confident in who I was as an adult and a role model. So I had to really like it was like kind of an identity crisis. Like I had to really look hard at myself and be like, okay, like are you uncomfortable with them or are you comfortable like? Am I being the best representation I can be right now? So I think, you know, taking care of my finances, getting my shit together, working on myself more professionally, I think that makes me more confident to be a role model to them. Okay. So, okay, working professionally, do you find that to be a tough balance? Having a, having a, you know, you're a working woman, you're a career woman, and then family. Like, is that an Oh, God, I don't want parents to do it. I really don't. (laughs) Like, I do a baby fraction of what parents do full time. Like, the youngest stays with us full time. So when my boyfriend, he goes out of town a lot. I have to take care of the kid. I have to drop her off at school early in the morning because she does cross country. So it's like before seven o'clock. And then I have to pick her up and then feed her dinner. And you just, you drop them off and then you go to work and then you have to pick them up and you're like, fuck, I have to make you dinner. And you're just like, I'm tired. I haven't been in this gym yet. I haven't had a chance to take care of myself. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I have parents or sorry, I have, I have friends that are like full-time parents and like, Hats off. Hats off to all the parents because I, I understand why people don't take care of themselves 100%. Okay, that makes sense. Do you at least get credit for being the cool stepmom who smokes cigars? Uh, no, my, the youngest called me a drug dealer for a while. <laughs> she said, drug dealer. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think it's okay now. Like, oh my it's gosh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Maybe, maybe when they get a little older, they'll really. But I, I am kind of like I do rule the like like you're not gonna talk back to your dad like that. So I am kind of like I'm more of a disciplinary step parent. Okay. Well, it sounds like you're you've got a I don't know. It sounds like you've got it down. You're everybody's alive. That's the goal. Keep them alive. You yeah. Know? It's hard though. It's because it's like I, I watched this one video. I think it was like Bob's Burgers of all places, and it's like. She was talking to her daughter, and she's like, you know, it's a lot of pressure on me to make you into a good person. And so, like, I put that pressure on myself, so sometimes I'll 
I guess, mm-hmm. you know, take it out on you when you do something wrong, but it's not the end of the world. So yeah. it's like the same. I do feel the same pressure. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Because it's like, oh, shit. Like, I'm on my phone a lot. Maybe I shouldn't be on my phone a lot. Maybe I should do this more. And like, when I'm dropping off at school, we're going to listen to finance channels. So There's like, no formula. You know, you just do what you can. Just keep them off. Well, I would say keep them off the pole, but it's like keep them off OnlyFans mm. and drugs. Yeah, <laughs> keep them off the drugs. <laughs> keep them off the drugs. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, what do you think of Abilene so far? I like it. Okay. I do. I, I, this is the second time I've been to Abilene. It's been like three years since I've been here. Oh, okay. Because I, I was like right when I started working at McAuliffe, uh, we worked uh, – like I was invited to work an event with Brandon over at The Leaf. Mm-hmm. And The Leaf is very hospitable. Yeah. So every like, – I haven't been there for three years. And like Jay's like, oh, my God, hey, what's up? Come on in. So I don't need a drink or anything. So it's great. Like I think it's I, – I do like driving around. It's nice. And I like being – on the road when I can, yeah. you know, I, it, it reminds me why I like being in the cigar industry is being in cigar lounges, talking to the retailers, talking to the people. Like, I think that's like my favorite thing. Do you not get tired of it though? Or do you thrive on it? You know, I don't have to do it as much as like the traditional cigar rep does. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't, it's not like a huge burnout yeah. for me. Like, I know that a lot of people, like when they talk to people all day nonstop, I mean, it, they just, it wears them out. Okay. So I am definitely a mixture. Like, I would say, like, people would see me and think I'm very extroverted, which You're I am. Not? <laughs> I think I'm both. Like, I do Whatever. love my – no, I love my alone time, girl. Like, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go home. Or no, sorry, I'm going to go to my hotel room, and I'm going to sit there and put on my videos and, like, my podcast. And I'm just like, oh, like, this is great. Like, I do like my alone time. Yeah. 100%. Uh, I don't know if COVID did that or maybe I've just been in self-denial my whole life. Mm-hmm. I've always been kind of a loner, actually. Okay. Uh, same. I'm, I would say I'm the exact same. I'm, a, I'm not, like – I don't want to be out talking to people nonstop, but I'm totally fine doing the loner deal. I think I gained a lot of social skills as a form of professional survival. Yeah. It, like, if I could get away with being, like, the eccentric, like, I don't – is it controversial to say autistic person? <laughs> like, <laughs> like just, like, l- like, no, I have to do it this way. Yeah. Like, I yeah. would totally probably be that way. Okay. But it's like, oh, you can talk to people. Like, you should do that. I'm like, okay, well, I got to make money, so we're going to get better at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, Do you have it all to be, like, an entrepreneur – is no. A, no, 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 <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to work for the man, be done with it. Yeah, well, like I've, I'm friends with some people who are very like business savvy and entrepreneur-ish, and I don't think it's in me. I really don't. Like I would like to be – like I just – I just – I'm not like business oriented. I'm not like a numbers person. Yeah, I don't – I'm not no. that organized either. I'm really not. Okay. Put me in a project. Let me hyper-focus on the project and let me clock out. Okay. I like that. That's cool. So yeah. what has the cigar industry been like? You, you were talking earlier about different jobs you've had in the past. Yeah. What has that been like overall? It's interesting. It is. Um, well, I was telling you about <laughs> – I guess I can be super honest. I mean, it's different for me as a woman, 100%. Like, I think – I wish some women in the industry would be more honest with their opinions. But unfortunately, I think if we are, we would come across as bitter or whining. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we're in the trenches at all. It's not like I'm, like, crawling through barbed wire no. and, like, you know, 
da- you know, dodging mimes or anything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it is different. I was I've worked in male dominated environments since like my second one. And I was talking to you guys earlier. There's a difference between socializing with men and working with men. It's two different ball games, mm-hmm. like 100. percent And there is more pressure to be, I think, multifaceted, to be more on your game. Like you have so much more to prove. And I don't think cigars are really that tough to sell at the end of the day. It is really about relationship building, getting to know the product. So I don't think it's really complicated. But I do feel like there's a lot of gatekeepers in the industry. Mm -hmm. I've run into a lot of them. And there's also, like, a lot of men that just have a very limited view on women. And I'm not saying it's, like, inherently misogynistic where they're like, you should be in this kitchen making sandwiches. Like, that kind of shit. No, it's more like... They work with men, they hang out with men, and they just don't engage casually with women, just talking to them. Yeah. You know, so I think like when I, I, I think you're like cut from the same cloth, you know, you're a little bit more well, I know I'm kind of crass. Yeah. Crass, like, you know, I'll say my dick jokes and whatever. And <laughs> I've had a generous dating life in my twenties, so I don't mind talking about that. That's funny. Uh, but I'll encounter men in this industry that they don't want to like they'll like hear you talk and they're like. So here's my oh question: my God, Is that like, a Texas thing or is that an overall across? The I think board it's, thing? it's overall. Okay, it's multiples. Like they just they don't understand that women are very multidimensional. Like okay. we're we're just and they'll view women as others. So they the, like their only like education to women is stereotypes that they find and that's true of anything like even like races like you know like if you don't hang out with a lot of black people then you're just gonna like see what you watch in the movies or in like pop culture or anything like that right so i do feel like there's a lot of men in this industry that just don't engage with women on a catch they'll check off the girlfriend box they'll catch up the wife box Mm -hmm. that's it like well the reason i ask that is i know that again being in texas conservative state very religious state that sort of thing and in, in very religious circles men are taught it is inappropriate to socialize with women. And even at work, they are con- they are taught, you know, yeah. yada, 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 yada. Like, deal with them with kids. And I'm not saying that there's not, like, women who are, like, super sensitive right. or, you know, demure. Yeah. But I guess it's just you have to make your room for variety. Yeah. And that's, I think, the that's the problem. And I was talking about this with you guys off camera. Like, that's the problem I have is just – like, they'll hear me talk or, they're, or they'll make assumptions about what kind of sense of humor I have. And it can be very ostracizing sometimes. Like, you you feel like you don't – you're never going to fit in. But at the same time, it is a blessing in disguise because it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to fit in. So, I'm just going to make up my own rules yeah. and do my own thing. And it's okay. Like, But sometimes it does get lonely in mm-hmm. a certain way. Uh, but, you know, I never have that problem with, like, retailers or anything. And okay. just, like, that's just my overall, I guess, opinion of it. Yeah. But I, it's just, it's just like, the older I get, like, that's the pattern I see. Yeah. And this is not, this is not just this industry. Like, it's, it's a lot of other male-dominated industries. Like, they view, as you said, they view, they don't socialize with women recreationally, so they do view women as Other, others. Yeah. And then, then they'll see a woman, they're like, oh, my God, like. <laughs> There's a woman. There's a woman in a room. Okay, guys. Okay, don't say anything. Don't. There's a woman in a room. Or I think the worst, the worst stereotype that I fucking hate is when they're like, watch what you say. Like, she's the killjoy. Mm-hmm. She's going to report you to HR. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be boundaries. Like, I'm not going to let guys say to me whatever just because I'm a guy's girl. Right. Like, 100%. So you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. So you're like... Okay, well, um, yeah, you can say the dick jokes. It's fine. They're funny. I'm not going to join your fantasy football league at all. Yeah. 100% will not. 
Uh, but like you do have to have boundaries. And mm-hmm. so you have to always implement that at the same time. So okay. I've only, I guess, worked in one male dominated field and I loved all the guys. They were fantastic. I mean, pr- to this day, my absolute favorite job ever. Um, but I was treated equally mm-hmm. and we all got along and I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And I've always had more male friends than female friends. Yeah. That's just how I'm oriented. I don't know why, but I am. Um, so, and I know we've had different experiences with that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've only had one where I straight up told him to his face. I'm like, there will come a day when you will have a sexual harassment suit filed on you. Mm-hmm. It won't come from me. Oh, I've had to check a customer but it's, before. It, it will, it's going to happen in the future. And I'm just telling you that. Yeah. I've, I've had to check a, fr- a customer that was a friend of mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I had to do that and it was a it was like uncomfortable. Yeah. Um <laughs> actually isn't really funny. Um <laughs> now that I actually tell you the story. So I walked in, he's like, Hey, your tits look nice in that shirt. <laughs> Here's my McCallum sales rep. Oh my god. And then I was just like, Oh my god. <laughs> and so I had to call him like a week later and I'm like, You're a good friend of mine. <laughs> you can't say that though. No. Like, I'm very mad at you. <laughs> And I'm just, and I was like, because you're setting up the expectation to your customers that's okay to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. Like, but it wasn't, but that's the thing. Like, you have to, especially being a woman, like being assertive woman, like you have to deal with it. Like, you don't make a big hoo ha of it. You just have a firm, direct yeah. conversation and then you move on. But you come off as a bitch when you do that. Oh, I know. <laughs> It's this weird double standard. I'm like, it's, whatever. It is. And it's a struggle. And <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I I do appreciate the experiences because I feel like, especially being assertive, I think it's the best way to be. Like it like I it's funny. I, I don't like confrontation. Like no one likes confrontation. Oh, no. But that's how you're the most productive. Like you that's how you solve problems. Yeah. And it reaches you outside your comfort zone and then dealing with it. And then and then it's it's over. It doesn't mm-hmm. fester. Like, you don't hold resentment. You mm-hmm. just deal with it and then you move on. I actually have an entire degree in conflict resolution, believe it or not. That's oh, my God. first master's was in conflict resolution. Oh, that's got to – that is cool. <laughs> first master's. My first master's. <laughs> so, How many masters do you have? I've got two. And, I've all, and I'm every – one is sending everybody to hell. That one. <laughs> um. No, I'm I'm a lifelong learner. I love education. I love learning shit, random nonsense. Mm-hmm. None of my degrees even remotely align with each other. Like, they're very random. And so I'm always wanting to go back to school for some, something. You know, I want to go back to – like, I, I think I'm going to take a couple classes this year. You should. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, but it's such, you know, I realize how much of a pain in the ass. Like, just – I go to a community – I went to a community college. I'm like, hey, like – can I take some of these classes just for non-credit? Just like I've I've audited classes before. You should pay the seat, and they're like, "Well, you need to do this," and like it's a huge scam. They just want you to like, they're just like money pits. Oh yeah, and so I have to apply for it. <laughs> I have to, I have a bachelor's degree, oh and I'm like, gosh. I have to reapply to this crap. Like, <laughs> and then and then if I do want to take a class that's credited, and I want it not, I would have to like, I guess, appeal it to the board for continuing education. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just want to take the class. Like, I'll probably be a lot more appreciative of a student than some of your, you know, dumbass 18-year-olds are walking in. Well, what do you want to learn about? Well, I definitely want to get more into, like, film editing and more mm-hmm. creative stuff. Um, I was thinking about web development, too. Because you're, like, a super creative person. Yeah. And I, I really regret not 
I guess, trying hard. Like, but I think I went to college and I was just so overwhelmed. Like, I was just like, I just got to get a drink and get the fuck out of here. And so it was like shouldering all that. And then to be fair, a lot of the technology for like doing creative things, like just making, you know, videos Mm -hmm. is so much easier. Yeah. And it's so much more accessible than when I was going to college. Like I took like a film studio, a a film workshop, film editing workshop. And, you know, because I did funny shit in that one and I should have just rolled with it. But you had to rent a camera from the studio, film it on the camera, mm-hmm. put it in Final Cut Pro. That was the, that was the program at the time, not user friendly at all. No, and I've, I was I've like, taken classes on that. And it was like, a, it was just a lot. But <laughs> I remember one of the videos, I don't even know, they make a short video and I made it about my roommate's hair. I lived with this guy, Rory, and he had long hair and it was thick and it was it was disgusting because it'd be all over the apartment. Yeah. Like you would like sweep and there'd be like dust balls of it. And I'd be like taking a bath and it would just like this ball would pop up and like float. <laughs> You're and describing what every man would say about their wife. No, it was bad though. It's so – I was disgusting though. I, t- I collected his hair because I was dedicated. And then I like filmed like – like dust balls, like, you know, like like the tumbleweeds. Mm-hmm. And it did like cuts of it like oh being gosh. everywhere at the end. I was like, cut your hair, Rory. So I'll tell you what's funny. When I was in Antarctica, one of the National Geographic photographers who had at one point several years ago a cover for National Geographic, one of her photos, she said in five years, the iPhone will do everything that a DSLR will do, which for those who don't know what a DSLR is, that's basically a professional camera. Um, she's like, give it five years and all you will ever need, even professionals, is a phone. And because of what they can do now and what they will be able to do in the future. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, that's a lot coming from a National Geographic photographer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's 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 like you see it nowadays. Yeah. Like I, you know, as much as I do feel like sometimes social media and online anything chronically being chronically online can be super toxic for the mind. But it's actually like it's amazing, though. Like average people can just be funny and they mm-hmm. put out funny shit everywhere. And it's hilarious. And it's it's just it's kind of beautiful in a way. Like everyone can participate in it. Can it can be creative. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like high tech. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be high quality. Like some of the funniest videos I've seen that totally resonated were just like you got your amateur hour and yeah. this random guy just like and there's no rule. And that's what I do like about online creation. Like, it definitely makes you approve. It it makes you, it takes the barriers off of creating something. Okay. Because I just make it. Actually, Rob gave me good advice. He's just like, just do it. Just do it. Just make it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Because that's Rob. That's how Rob lives his entire life. I know. These people know. Sometimes a blind squirrel can find a nut. So we're good. (laughs) And sometimes you find someone's toe, you know? Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, Lauren, what is your go-to drink and smoke right now? Uh, let's see here. Well, honestly, I'm not a really picky drinker. Okay. <laughs> no. That's who we like. I know. I drink everything. I'm not a huge snob. Like, it's funny how I got in this industry, like, because when like, you need to know all the certain whiskeys. And I, I get drink- sick and tired of that bullshit. <laughs> like, I just don't. Like, well, I'm not, like, an avid like, I have casual interests. If I like something, I don't need to research the fuck out of it. Yeah. So I do like all whiskey. I like whiskeys. I like scotch. Well, you know, I like bourbons, rice. 
uh, scotches I like. Uh, I drink white claw. So if it has alcohol in it. Yeah, I'm. I'm just a. You're easy going. I'm a slutty alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not alcoholic. <laughs> but you know, like in the summer, I'll drink white claws. You'll see me drinking a lot of white claws. But uh, I guess if it's like cocktail hour, like I'll have an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. I love old fashions. Uh, right now, I think I'm drinking Jack Daniels Rye. It's really good. That's a 131 proof. It's awesome. Yeah. I want to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I'm not a picky. I like wine, especially during the winter. Red wine's great. Yeah. I get my Costco or my Aldi wine. There you, you go. Know, chill out. Maybe. I don't overthink it. Okay. Yeah. What do you like to drink? Well, with these guys, I drink a lot of bourbon. Uh, my go-to drink at a home lot. is, and this is a summer drink, but I drink it year-round, is I drink a homemade ranch water. Ooh. Yes. I like that. Oh, homemade. How do you make a homemade oh, ranch gosh. water? Oh, gosh. I put in some, uh, I like Cornitos tequila, although I'll, I'll use different kinds, uh, lime juice, and then Topo Chico, and I like to use the lime Topo Chico. Oh, nice. So, yes. I, though, and again, I know it's a summer drink, but I drink it year-round. I love it. No, it's like, I'm, I remember when I used to be like totally into beer back in the day. I still like beer. I, I only so anymore, crave though. beer when it's hot, when mm-hmm. it's really hot. Otherwise, I rarely drink it. Yeah, so. like I used to be a huge beer snob. Like I think my early 20s, like 100%, that's all I would drink. Yeah. And now you just, you know, you just <laughs> go through like phases <laughs> in your alcohol career. And you're just like drinking this, drinking this, that, that, that. I think the best thing about it, though, is like when I decided like I don't need to be a snob to prove anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's like when it was like the most freeing. Like mm-hmm. just enjoy what you like. Who cares? Okay, cool. Same. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. I know. It's a lot of fun. I know. We're so glad you came down. I know. It's it's good talking to a fellow woman once in a while. All, always. I know. I feel like you're a great addition to the show, by the way. Well, I'm occasionally here, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. The listeners know I don't know what I'm talking about. You're a good but... sc- storyteller, though. Well, that's good. I try to keep Rob without, you know, on track without going down a rabbit hole every five minutes. It's so, so hard to go down, like, yeah. to not go down the rabbit holes. <laughs> I'm that anal type A who is just constantly like, no, keep him in line. Oh, so, you're you're a type A person? Oh you, gosh, yeah. Oh, I oh. wish I was type A. Oh, to my to my oh, detriment. Yes, I'm not type A at all. I'm the killjoy of the group. I'm just like, fi- so. just figure it out. Just figure. It, like, I love it when like new people come into my work. Like, what do I do? I'm just like, just figure it out. Yeah, like, just, just just do it. It's all chaos. Just pick up shit as yeah. you go along. <laughs> no, if it I works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Exactly. What's oh, up? my gosh. All right, Lauren. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Do it again sometime. Yeah. My favorite ending to any interview is Michael Herkelot saying, real fucking nice. I love Michael. He's hilarious. I think he is, too. Now, let me ask you this, though. If I said this statement, would you say true or false? Michael Hergelot's GQ of cigars. 100%. Yeah. See, Larry, you don't know shit. Does he disagree? I said to her, Michael Hergelot's GQ of the cigar industry. And she said. 100%. 100%. You didn't say to me of the cigar industry. Even if it's not the cigar industry, still GQ all. To be fair, the bar is not set really high, but he does raise it exponentially. (laughs)
I mean, he is way further. You- he's very polished, like super polished. Like me and Alan, my coworker, we were joking around. Like he's like he should he should be doing it. Like why is he in the cigar industry? I don't know. I don't know because he's, just- he's not in the right industry. Okay. Now, I mean, I'm not saying he's not doing a good job. He yeah. is, but he could be like miles ahead of where he is doing something else just with the way he is. So before I interviewed him the first time, I went and looked at his Instagram account. Yeah. It goes all the way back to 2010. Damn. If you go through someone's Instagram account all the way back to 2010, you can see their life changing. Like, it was bad. I was like, oh, shit. When I brought it to him, he was like, yeah, man, I was like one of the OGs of IG. And I was like, wow. That's crazy. Because, I mean, I didn't even get into social media until, like, 2017. Well, I deleted my old Facebook, but, like, some of those, like, Facebook statuses would come over cringy as fuck. Cringy? Like, what is cringy? Oh, my God. Just. What is cringy? Stupid things. Like, (laughs) like, you'll watch, like, okay, so this is, this is not, like, I don't even know why I'm comparing this. Okay, so, not saying I was doing nude photo shoots or anything, but like Drew Barrymore, for example. So what? Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that you haven't? Because I think that's the question everybody. I yeah, I'm not saying I have, but I haven't. Okay, okay so that, that's where. But people Drew Barrymore go. was in an interview, and she was talking about how she she did one. She did Playboy, right? Yeah. Like, and she's like, she's like, yeah, I did it at the time because I didn't know the internet was going to exist. She's like, I thought it would just be like something. It would be under the bed of some creepy guy, like, and you know. And you know what's funny to me is that as a woman, you're okay with that. Yeah, but it's just like you're putting stuff out of the internet. Like I worried about it being global, but I'm okay with Jethro having it under his bed. What's the difference? I was like, I, you know, I was putting stupid statuses like when I was, I don't know. God, I was such a late bloomer. Like I was like 20, I was like in my early 20s, like or 19. And you're just like, oh my God, I was such an idiot kid. Like That's that's so cringy. (laughs) And the difference between my generation and your generation and the adapting of the internet is so fucking different. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I think now, like, I'm mature enough to understand what to put out there, what not to put out there. See, I'm not. And I think I'm good at it. Th- well, I, well I'm, I don't want to toot my own horn. Most but I think people I'm say that I'm not very mature. And yeah. so sometimes I post shit that, let me tell you something. Do you realize in five years, Cigar Talk produced an episode every single week? Not We didn't miss a one. That's a lot of work. So in year... That's a lot of content. Like four years and six months in, I got COVID. We weren't able to do an episode. Well, we do another show, and we haven't done one in a while, but yeah. another show called... Uh, what's it called? The Crew Show. Mm-hmm. C-R-U-E. Crew. Okay. Like Molly Crew. Like, you're young. Do you know who Molly Crew is? Yes, I do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, people were like, yeah, we want to listen to that because it's, like, non-filtered, like, just whatever. Well, I think we also have gotten past the... Political correctness? That, well, at first, you know, there was a time where you could get canceled, and there was detrimental consequences okay, to it. I want to tell you something, but keep going. But now I feel like... Like, getting canceled is, like, a badge of honor, and it's not even – it doesn't affect you anymore. 
boom. I agree with you. Yeah, I do. 100%. Like when a when a comedian gets canceled, oh my god. Like, you you there's are a resurgence in you, his career. All right, here you go. Boom. Heads up, girl. I am happy that you freaking know that. I'm impressed. Oh, I keep I it's disgusting Matt how much Reif. I know. Yeah. Well, okay. I do have my own opinions on Matt Rife. Okay, but I think it doesn't he's a matter. Pick, I think he's a pick me bitch 100%. S- say that again? He's a pick me. 100%. What's a, what's a pick me? So, okay. <laughs> I'm young. Hatch knows what a pick me is. I see Hatch laughing over there. I I don't okay. know what that means. So, okay. Well, pick me is actually a term that's usually used in women culture. It's when women try too hard to be um, attractive or to be, I guess, um, appealing to men. Okay. So, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like I don't, other girls. I, didn't, I don't know the term. I don't like women things. Hey, actually, but, I could get accused as a pick me because I like cigars, but you know, I will not join but, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, but here's the thing. I didn't know what that word means, but that's spot on. Yeah. We, Matt, and everybody knows that, but nobody gives a shit because it's working. Yeah, but what I did not like, okay, so I understand what why Matt Rife did it. Like, if he wants to gain a different type of audience or he wants to maybe do certain... <clears throat> comedy but i would see like so he he did he did what he did right he made like whatever like are you a, talking about the netflix special where yeah, he did whatever. a it, uh, was like, it wasn't even that funny it was like whatever it is what it is it was decently funny but it, and it was like, a domestic violence joke but what like what i didn't appreciate when he did interviews after it he was mm-hmm. talking about how it's like a women dominated audience was not appealing to him and it was like almost Lower than being a, appealing to a male, okay, wait, 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 wait. male based. So I was audience. listening to another comedian. Like women that, don't like stand. Like we don't like stand up comedy well, well, at all. But I was listening to another comic that has been around for a while that everybody respects, and he he said what I didn't like about Matt Rife's Netflix special was that he quit doing what he does. And tried to be cool yeah, he wants to, to, like, the guy crowd yeah, now. Yeah, he wants to be picked by the men in, in, and in it's the, like, in the But industry. your audience is women because that's what you've done. But, you know, when you look at women-based audiences or demographics, they fucking kill. Like, look Oh, at, 100%. Look at, at my fucking brother. Look at <laughs> Oprah. Look at Ellen DeGeneres. Look at Taylor Swift. They are Baking. No one has ever, 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 ever done what Taylor Swift is doing right now. Yeah. Like we are seeing like beyond what Michael Jackson ever dreamed of being. Exactly. And it's just like, it's, it's fine if, you know, like you can't appeal to everyone. There's nothing wrong with. If you're trying to appeal to everyone, you are fucking over the demographic that would like your shit. I went to school for advertising and direction and it's like. Who is this product being marketed to? Everyone. That's the wrong fucking answer. Like, you find your demographic. If you don't know your demographic, then you are just spinning your wheels. Now, to be fair, I do feel like sometimes products need to diversify their market. 100%. But that doesn't mean that you, like, pretend that you don't know your demographic. Yeah, he's like, well, I just don't, I just want to get, like, okay, to be fair, like, I guess he had women. Okay, so this, this just goes to show women can be creepy, too. (laughs) And I guess women would like come up to him and can I touch your dick? <laughs> and I'm like, let me just tell you one thing that cool. like when women, when <laughs> men get over 50, 
they love that type of creepy, okay? Okay, the, I think the creepy men like that. Right. They're like, oh, <laughs> tell me that story again. I feel like some of the men who act like that expect women to act like that to them. That's 100%. Not normal. 100%. So I understand if he wants to, like, maybe be not so overly sexualized, but then I'm like, welcome to our lives, bitches. Like, welcome to the shit. Like, welcome to the Thunderdome. Okay. It sucks. Okay, I got to tell you something. So, you know, last year, I started managing my brother's uh, social media. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and my brother. And your your brother's a very good looking man. He's a very good looking man. Mm-hmm. And he dances very well. And apparently, half of America's horny as shit. Because I managed his emails, okay? <laughs> and when we were on Twitter, like, his audience is 97% women. Yes. Okay. Well, apparently the 3% are all on Twitter that are men and they're all gay and they sent dick pics. I'd be opening emails and I was like, oh, come on. I'm like, gay okay, I've heard women bitch about dick pics and now I understand. It's very, it's very aggressive. It's like, I don't want to see that. No one wants to see your penis. No. If you're, hey, people that are listening to the show, don't send pictures of your dick. But they still do. Like, it's like such an, oh, it's not even a secret. It's like an open disclaimer. Like, just don't, like, even as a straight woman. Well, I have a theory about penises. Well, actually, oh, well I have a saying about penises. Oh, we would love to hear that. So it's like, <laughs> this, is, this is my saying about penises. So it's like, the penises are like the sun. They're like, it's warm. It looks, it's, it feels nice and all that shit, but you don't want to look at it directly. You just don't. Yeah, I agree with that. 100%. You don't want to look at the sun. Well, and it's funny. Okay, so I went to school, and I actually uh, took a life drawing class, so I had to work with a lot of nude models. Did you draw a ball sack under a sun? I do have a painting at home, and it's like, well, (laughs) call it my dick painting. (laughs) Well, the the model was excellent. His name was Alex. Very nice man. Oh, Uh, so it's a real copy of inspiration. But it's, you know, okay, there is a double standard, though, to nudity when it comes to men. And I will give you guys this, because if I did nude paintings. You don't want a dude showing up with like a two-inch dick. Oh, like that would. He wasn't a shower. He wasn't. Right, but at the same time, I mean, look back at the Greek artists that did the statues no, but like if i like am submitting to a gallery like nude paintings and drawings of women like you don't have to ask permission you just like but this one i had to ask are you serious yeah because like penises are aggressive i did not know that look at hatches of their shaking her head that's true rob Rob, penis, aggressive. Like, this is a phallic imagery, and, like, you can't, well, as women, you can't smoke in public without someone saying something to you. And, you know, when I'm at a lounge. You try to give me the freaking lunatic to smoke on air. Like, I'm like, no. (laughs) And you know what's funny about that stick? So, you you know, that's an 8 by 80. Yeah, it's pretty. And somebody was like, hey, man, you should smoke that on the show. And I was like. It looks like a big black dick. I'm not putting that in my mouth. You know what I mean? I have a I have a friend that goes to the leaf and she smoked one and I'm like, that doesn't look good on one. you. Well, it's funny. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? You're brave. You not brave. you know you be you. But I'm like it 
yeah. you know. We can't escape it. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, but you know what? I would say this. Well, we have a dude that smokes that cigar at the Leaf, and we treat him the same as we do her. I think So we do a, not distinguish between men and but females. But such a popular size. Like, it takes a very secure man to smoke that in public. Oh, fuck like, yeah. Congrats to them. I was at a cigar lounge up in uh, Fort Worth called Good Karma. Have you ever heard of it? Oh, yeah, I have. I've been there before. So I went over there. I was in the humidor. And I'm going around, and you know what? When I walk into a humidor, unless I ask you for your help, I really don't want it. Okay? <laughs> That's just how I am. And so, guy comes over, and he's like, oh, man, I don't know if you heard about this cigar, but blah, 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 blah. And it's like a fucking six by 60. Yeah, I don't like that. And, I don't like and he's like, oh, holding it up. And I'm like, yeah, man, that looks like a dick in your hand, and I don't want to put that in my mouth. <laughs> You're not a little curious? No. <laughs> Larry here all the time. <laughs> not a little curious, bro. I mean, <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, the funny thing is, it wasn't just a dude asking me that. It was the owner of that company. No, well, he wanted to, you know, he's just trying to. I've had him on the show, and he's a douchebag. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I was just fucking with him. I you know what I mean? I don't have an opinion. I'm no, sure. no, you don't, don't need one. one. You, yeah. you don't need one. And, I mean, okay, so you know there's a little bit of rug burn with me on the subject matter of Matt Booth, or as I like to say, Bat Mooth. Yes. Just, you know, it's not a big deal, but... I don't have an opinion about him, No, 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 no. I don't, I don't need your opinion on him. But what I'm saying is, it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like... Mm, I don't really care. Well, I wish I can freely talk shit. Well, I do, but off air. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. That's cool. Maybe I'll get to that point in my career where I can. <laughs> so, I don't know if you even know this, but Cigar Talk has a... Do you know what an NFT is? Yes. I'm impressed. So, I'm know. into that crypto shit. You know what I mean? I know mean? you are. But anyway... I feel like it's MLMs for men. What's what MLMs? Yeah, well, I don't MLMs. know what that means. It's MLMs for men. What does that mean? <laughs> Hatch is rolling over there. What does that mean? You can you can be your own boss and make all this money if you just do this and you invest into it and like that's exactly what it is. You know what you just sounded like? All of the women that are doing their only fan pages on Instagram reels. No, they're they're the ones who are um trafficking uh Avon and um <laughs> oh. I don't know, like essential oils. No, no, no. These women <laughs> are peddling jerkins. <laughs> you know what? You can totally do that. You know, if you just like if you just recruit a bunch of people to sell it for you, you can make a bunch of money. It's right. the same exact thing to me. That's yeah, what I feel like it yeah. is. Yeah. And, and hey, for you guys at home, if you would be interested in carrying jerkins, let me know, man. They're they're up for expansion. Is it a real project? Yes. We just thought you were making it up. No. We didn't I, understand it. Cigar, we actually didn't cigar, understand it. Cigar Talk is going to be selling like little personal tubes of uh, jerkins. So it's essentially lubricant. Well, not is it, essentially. It is it's a lube. A, okay. I think lubricant sounds a little sterile. I think lube like you know you get Sounds the very idea aggressive. <laughs> very, very aggressive very aggressive i'm so demure rob like why are you telling this to me sorry that's like a penis waiting, it's very aggressive i'm waiting till marriage rob i don't know what you're talking about good for about. you hey no you know what i respect that 
<laughs> I did two. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's get back on track here, folks. You know what's funny is a lot of people that when I'm like going on my little joke routes will like ruin it. You went along with it. Oh, I've had enough whiskey, so you're good. And that's good whiskey. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. I like it. It's really good. You're like, I'll have and some I told more. you I'm in my villain era. I just like I don't know. Like I you know what's funny when I start working at McAuliffe, I feel like I was very You know like, what we need to do? Like reserved and now I'm just like loosening up a bit. What do I, we need to do? I think we need to create like on your Instagram, you have Lauren, mm-hmm. but over here, whatever the name may be, but it's like your alter ego. You know what I mean? And they like sometimes go against each other or whatever, but we could like do a lot of cool content. Like, like that. alter ego? I don't yeah. think I have an alter ego. What? I think we all have a fantasy self, but I don't think everyone like, does, does people really have an alter ego I unless do. they get blackout drunk? I do. I'm a superhero in my other life. Yeah. Yeah. Is that when you get blackout drunk, you have a character for it? I do have a character that when I, I have When I get blackout named. drunk, I'm like, I got you. <laughs> but usually I'm passed out in the yard. <laughs> no, I, I'm much like very much in my soft girl reserved era. So I don't get blackout drunk. Yeah, but I, but I don't want you to be stuck in that mold so much so that you miss out on some opportunity to experience shit that maybe you missed out on no i'm actually coming out with some pretty like i think well for a while i went through a dry spell with my instagram and you know because like you know you listen to the muse and sometimes the muse leaves you alone and you're like you're left alone and you're just like i don't have any ideas but i'm starting to formulate some ideas about um but like the ideas are getting more complicated now so it's like you have to kind of step it up and start formulating them and pushing them out that sounds like a lot of thinking not a lot of thinking but a lot of collaboration 100 percent. i I need more people are you are you aware at how much i love to collaborate yeah no. like that's my thing I dig that shit. And I have to recruit your services. Anytime. Yeah. McAuliffe is our number one sponsor of all times. And so that gains you a little cred that you don't even have to earn. Like, because those people hired you, I'm like, I trust her. Well, I'm accused of all the time of not working really hard. So, <laughs> you know what? You're a woman. That's why you get a lot of attention here. <laughs> that sounds. Not, I'm not smart. Or you anything. sounded kind of like you were Russian just then. <laughs> I thought I was just missing an idea. No, you point. you you threw in some Russian. Like, okay. Anyway, no, but uh, we would we we appreciate you coming. To Abilene and coming by the studio and jumping on the show. So before we go, though, this is basically you've been on the entire show. Like, not very many people do that. Oh, thank you. I so, appreciate it. It's fun. I didn't say it was a good thing. But anyway. You got to uh, get to the editing board. Like, right. This is like, We're going to cut that shit out. <laughs> Lauren was on the show for 3.27 seconds. <laughs> talk about penises. We're just going to cut that right out. Oh, no. See, that's where you fall in line. You're like, oh, it's cigar talk. Fuck them. <laughs> so when we were talking about our top 25 of the year, when we were talking about the cigars, I was like, and you know, you guys at home, if you go out and smoke these cigars that we tell you that are in our top 25, I mean, you know, if you don't even like them, then don't ever fucking listen to this show again. 
But you don't have to be like that. I know, but it was fun. You know what I mean? If you can't take a joke, then don't listen to this show. Some people show. take you very seriously. There's some people who just take themselves way too but, seriously. Right, but people know they should not take me seriously. I don't think anyone in this industry should. Like, I'm Tucker Carlson in the fact that I do news. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> I like Tucker Carlson. He's funny. He is a fucking showman, all right? He's got puppets in the back of a wooden trailer showing a show. Well, I'm Just a- like everybody else. Remember when he lo- left Fox and they were trying to Who? Camp- he left Fox, right? He didn't leave. He got fired. Well, he got fired. Okay, so he got fired. And, like, Fox was trying to cancel him and show, like, his off-air. Like, they were recording him off-air. And he was actually hilarious. And he that was made him- on Theo Vaughn's show. And they made him, like, sound more endearing. A real it was- guy. It was amazing. <laughs> because when he went on those podcasts, he actually, like, dropped the whole show shtick that he had for all those years yeah he just can relax was just and like laid back and answering shit mm-hmm. but when he was on theo vaughn which i love i haven't seen that one actually i need to watch it you should watch that because they're talking about all kinds of fucked up shit and he, he he's just like okay that's my yeah. favorite subject matter <laughs> all kinds of shit yeah so okay so before we go did you know we're doing a badass giveaway on this show? No. So if you buy any humidor from Case Elegance, they're, they're really nice humidors. Their so. humidors range from sixty bucks to thirty two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Like they have all different styles, types, sizes. But let me tell you something. So I had a Case Elegance humidor. And so we got, we obtained a humidor that was not Case Elegance, but it looked very similar. Like, you know, they copied it. Yeah. And we took a skill saw and I cut the Case Elegance all the way in half. I remember you telling me about this. And then I cut the competitor all the way around the half. And the competitor, zero wood. Yeah, they put a veneer on it, probably most likely. It was a veneer yeah. on MFD. Same price. No wood. I hate that. And Case Elegance, they handle their shit. Like, when they ship you shit, you're going to get a quality product. But on top of that, the customer service is, like, lights out. Mm-hmm. And so we don't let people sponsor us unless we know they're badass. That's why we do business with McAuliffe. You know what I mean? It's like, y'all handle your shit. You make a good product, so we don't have to worry about it. That's our new tagline. We handle our shit. You know what? That should be like the corporate. I don't know if Mano would go for it, but it'd be pretty funny, though. You could talk to (laughs) J-Mac. Throw that we handle our shit. shit. You know what I mean? That's kind of like, if you're a company and that's your motto, we handle our shit. I'll do some cold calls this week, so we're going to do that. You better handle your shit, though, if that's your fucking lo- slogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might be scotch-shaped together, but I'll handle it. I will handle that <laughs> shit. But McAuliffe is like that. And, I mean, the team that you guys have is impressive. It is. Like, it really is. And Like, I don't know all of your team members. You Basically, know, we have a I very know... interesting team this year, 100%. Yeah. And... So, so, what I love about the McAuliffe team, it's all good-looking people. Like oh. you got Tan, 
Dan Thompson. You okay. got Amanda. You, you can't, got you. You can't keep up with that flow. Right. You can't keep but up then with how did Mickey Peg get in that group? Because that dude's not, you know, he's not <laughs> BG's quality. He's not Jive talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We grandfathered him in. <laughs> 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 hey Mickey, we're joking. No, we love no. you, Mickey. No, Mickey, Mi- Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. You know, I feel like his name does soften him up a bit. Because oh, 100%. he's like what? Like a six, like five dude, like big, like loud, and he's just He's a Mickey. mammoth. He's a mammoth. <laughs> yeah, he's a mammoth. Now, a have you ever seen the video of Mickey Mickey, you're so fine? You know what? We're gonna have to We're I'll have it queued up. Before you leave. You know, if you have him on the show again, you should just do that. Oh, I don't know. whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know this. So whenever we have people on the show as a guest, which we had Mickey, I go and I find a song that I think is appropriate for that guest. And so the intro from the regular part of the show into Mickey's interview was, Mickey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're... You know what yours is? What's mine? I don't give a damn about my bad reputation. <laughs> Do I have a bad reputation? <laughs> no, but it doesn't matter. You don't give a fuck. I don't anymore. You know what I mean? And and Pat, well, no, not Pat Benatar. Uh, Joan Jett. Oh, we drank all this. She was, and that was some good shit. Yeah, it was. You like you introduced me to this. Like, I wasn't sure about like the Jack Daniels, but like. Nice. So, here's the thing that we, if you come to the Cigar Talk Studio, mm-hmm. what you will find is. All the cigars you can smoke and all the bourbon you can drink. And it's good company, too. Like, I always feel like I'm in good hands. With well, that. we figure if yeah. we get you drunk enough, you're like, oh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And well, I'll tell you this, too. We don't invite everybody over here. So, well, I'm very honored that you continually want that's me to be right. And you're like, well, Lauren's here, so we're all going to come. And Booyah. I'm like, oh. like, I was like, sitting, like, oh, I got to text. I got to text Rob back saying, I'm like, time to be in town. <laughs> Lauren gets my messages and I know she looks at him. She's like, oh, fuck him. I don't want to no, deal with, I don't wanna deal with this guy true. right now. I don't want to. But you know what? I completely understand. I am. Unfortunately, I like I do. Are you aware that I don't give a shit? I like that, though, because like I just some people I sometimes feel like people overthink things or they take things like too personal. Like, I don't take anything I'll look at it and I'll like respond in my head and then I'll move on to the next task and I'm like and then you'll message me and I got like fuck he messaged me I gotta message back. And you know where I learned that? From all my employees that message me. (laughs) They're like hey did you and I'm like do that but i should yeah no, you know what i mean and so but i don't text. but i don't get upset with them no i'm like the same with my parents my parents like they're like Lauren didn't how old is your dad my dad is 62 okay good mm-hmm. <laughs> i was afraid you look larry's older than your dad actually no sorry i think he's 66 now damn i don't know oh well then are. larry's not older than your dad no but you know i don't know if you heard this earlier but larry is about to change his name on cigar talk Oh, what's Frankie? Frankie. Yeah, you know why? Why, is that? why are we rebranding Frank? That big ass scar on his face—it's like Frankenstein. Oh, I think it gives him character. It definitely gives him character. Like now, when he walks outside at night, people are scared as fuck. Yeah, he should be your muscle now. Yeah, I mean, dude, trust me. When you walk around and there's a six foot seven dude with you, 
People don't mess with you. No, you can get away with a lot. And I get away with a lot already. I know you do. You I saw a, you with TPE. You, you give me a co-pilot that's six foot seven. You just have like your like massive crew and walking around. Like I, I'm telling you, tall men get away with a lot of things. <clears throat> and you know what was great about us all going to TPE was I felt like we were the most diversified group at TPE. You got me, the old white guy. That's not. I wouldn't call you. You're not. Old but then you got Hatch. We got the female. We, we got, have a woman. We have a woman. We got Larry. We got the black man. Mm-hmm. We got Sam. We got the Hispanic. And then we had Tim, the gay guy. Oh, is Tim gay? <laughs> I'm kidding, Tim. I'm so. <laughs> Tim's like, dude, don't. Please quit doing that. You need to get a gay guy, though, 100%. That would like, complete your circle. I, right. And but and I've had friends in the past that were gay. I don't give a shit what you are. No, absolutely. you know what I mean. You got to be cool. You got. We were talking about this earlier. You need to be. You're either cool or you're lame. Like get out. Like get out. You're an asshole. We don't want assholes. It's here's my politics. Okay. You leave me alone. I leave you alone, and we all get along. Exactly. You don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like. If if president ran on that platform, I think he would win. Don't fuck with me. I won't sorry, fuck with you. We start of the next election. It's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> yes, it will. Please don't be awful. <laughs> it's. I saw a comedian said, "Hey guys, 2024, and we are about to get the a rematch from the match we never wanted in the first place." <laughs> It's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be so ugly. Yeah. Families turning on families. Oh. Well, you know what I mean? There's there's the, the like, there's a few people that are, like, chanting, like, civil war. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's not be cheering for that shit. I'm too soft for war. Please, let's just not us do it. <laughs> you know, 40 years ago, bring it on. Now I'm like, uh, let's you know what? Have a drink. I just want to have a drink and smoke a cigar. Have a drink. That's all I want to do. I don't give a shit. So, but anyway, hey, I gave you a cigar earlier mm-hmm. from Tabanero. Yeah. What did you think about? It was that? good. It was good. I I did keep <clears throat> relighting it a lot, but that was just me. Like I think I just light. Like I the more I li- like the more I smoke cigars, I I just light them like an asshole. You know what's funny for me is. I used to be the fastest smoker in the world, mm-hmm. and now sometimes a cigar will last me for like three or four hours just because I have to relight it because I'm so busy doing shit. Yeah, I'm moving, I let talking. it go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's- Do you do that? Yeah, that's my same problem. You relight cigars at work? Oh, I'll, I love well, TPE was like a freaking nightmare because I was, well, we're in like Las Vegas. And so, then whoa, 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 back up one second. We're in Las Vegas at TPE. Whenever I go walk around and talk to people, do you know who gave me the most amount of cigars while I was at TPE? Who? You. Can I just give you one? You gave me like three. Oh, I did. But here was my, I was like, people are not giving out cigars like they used to. You know what I mean? PCA. Is that? This could be totally different, but you're not going to go to PCA. And here's what I've also decided is I don't think that I'm going to go back to TPE ever again? Well, the whole like changing of PCA just changed. I'm the not whole going to. I don't want to go to PCA either, though. I want to go do stuff like the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Well, I was telling, like I've told you this, I've, I've said this all the time. Like I feel like, especially doing podcasts and cigar content, I think it needs to be at consumer based. Right, because there's nobody at TPE that's like, oh, your cigar talk. I'll go listen because it's interactive. It's fun. 
Like, PC and TP, it's all about business. Like, yeah, like, the new releases, like, I feel like people should know about. Like, that's fun. But, like, I do find that going to, like, the party atmosphere, like, the consu- like the end consumer is where it's at for the cigar industry. And I feel like that's 100%. what people gravitate to. And so that's... Especially for online creation, 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And so that's, like, one of the reasons I was like, you know what? Let's not go to any more trade shows. Because, like... I looked at uh, the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, and they give away whole booths for media. Yeah. And everybody that goes to attend are consumers that would listen to the show. Who at TPE is going to start listening to our show? Nobody. Well, no, and it's just, it's it's all business there. Right. And it's, and then sometimes I think a lot of um, end consumers get, like, confused that they can go there. Like, I would go. Like, no, no, you can't go there. Like, you need to be, like, you know, media or you have to be, like, a retailer or something like that. So I do think it's, like, as much as it's important, I think, to, like, go and, like, what's your new release? What are you releasing this year and all What are your goals? That's fine. But, like, I like I feel like podcasters should definitely just go to, the like, the consumer event. And they're more fun. Like, they're just more dynamic. 100%. And so I, I've only been to one cigar event, and it was crazy. It, I, it was before you became a member of the McAuliffe team, and it was at Panther Island. Ooh. And they set us up. So it was at Panther Island. You know, they got the barn. And so they opened the double doors to the barn, and there's like a line of like 200 people waiting to get into this cigar. Fest. That is just fun. Like, the energy. Well, look, though. So here is the building, okay? It's like this big barn. They put us right here, and here's the doorway. So everybody that came in came straight to us, and it was like, holy shit. Well, someone don't yell fire, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> and that would be me. But it was it, it was awesome. It was, you know what I mean? It was just like people coming, and it was like we met so many people. Like people that listen to the show mm-hmm. that we would nor- not normally be able to meet in person. And that's important. That's what really cigar <clears throat> culture is really about. Like in the industry, it's great to be surrounded by your brethren in arms, so to speak. And you're like, hey, like we're doing the same thing. Like I think in the industry, it's very important to be part of those trade shows. A hundred percent. But like stuff like that, I think is just, I I would probably have way more. Well, I wouldn't have to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Peddling my wares and doing my elevator pitches. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, but it works. <laughs> my body's broken after I'm done with this trade I have like a week to recover. So did you feel that way after TPE? Like you had some tired. recovery time? I was ah, a little tired. It wasn't intense. It's... Did you go home Friday or Saturday? I went home Saturday morning. What'd you do Friday night? I didn't. I thought you I'm left an town. Old ass bitty. Like I, I thought went to you bed. left town. I went to bed and I woke. Well, I had my flight. Oh, you could have came and hang out with me, Tim, flight, and Mel. No, my flight left at like six thirty the next morning, and then I get to the airport and I couldn't find my driver's license. <sighs> oh, I didn't know what happened to it. I did that the last I was time. Because he lost his, and I was like, "How did you lose your driver's license?" And, and then, then I, you freak the fuck out because you can't go home. But the best, okay, the best part about that situation because I got to the, I got to the airport early, and I got and I was like, so like I didn't have enough time to panic. It was like, okay, Lauren, how are you gonna fix this? And I was just like, which is the first person I'm like, I can't find my driver's license, and they're like, it's okay, like you just have to 
let security know, and then you have your boarding line. I'm boarding so line. you can get on? Well, I think it's Las Vegas, and I think they're just used to hot masses <laughs> rolling in. So it's like, oh, you lost all your shit? No problem. We got you covered. Wow. So they literally, I, I literally went to security. They took my bag, and they just, like, went. They did a twice scan over, and then went through it, and they let me in. Wow. So I'm not recommending everyone should lose their license. So the last TPE, we had a bunch of people over to our hotel room to party. Like we had bottles and bottles of booze. We had cigars. I'm not like that at all. But but listen to this. So that was the last night we were there after the show. And so the next day, you know, our flight's at like noon. I wake up at 1030 and he's like, we got to get ready. Well, I can't find my wallet in the room. And I'm like, somebody stole my fucking wallet. You know, I'm freaking out because without a wallet, I can't get on my flight and I can't rent a car. So I don't know this information that you just gave me that they're like, well, oh, I didn't try to rent a car, obviously. Right. But if they let me on the flight, I'm good. But if they say no, <laughs> it's like I told Tim, I was like, you're going to have to rent a car and drive us both home. But it's not that bad. Just get to the airport early. And they'll they'll work with you. They will. Because they're like, oh, it's okay. You don't have to I thought it was yeah, just so cut and dry. I don't know. Maybe because I'm just like a very, like, I have a very trusting face, I guess. Well, I mean, I do that when I need to. Do people ask you to wash their stuff when they're like. No, but you know what? I, they ask me I, that all the time. I do I that. I do that. Just, just for fun to see I if people will. I don't know how many fucking Starbucks I've been in and. I'm like, I walk up to a dude, I got my backpack. And I'm sitting there, and they're like, can you wash my dick while I go to the bathroom? I've had that happen so many times. Are you for real? All the time. And I'm just like, I can be a sociopath for all you know. And there's a part of me that's just like, or the other part is, you know what? As soon as you walk away, I'm unzipping every zipper on that bag, and I'm going to see what the fuck's in there. But I hate to say it, like, I am like, I will. Are you serious? You're not allowed to do that. That's against the law. But I always get mad. I'm like, how, why are they making me responsible for their things? Because now I'm just looking at their bag. Are you like, do they think I work here? I don't know about that. So, we haven't talked about McAuliffe yet. I mean, officially. So, you guys have sponsored the show longer than anybody else and like it's fitting because my very favorite cigar is the medallion which i just smoked it's fabulous i love it in that chronax 46 amazing like you know like you guys send me cigars and like i get demanded at this point (laughs) get me my cigars damn it Hey, hey, but what you have to realize that when I do that, I have a lot of people coming over to smoke cigars. I offer everyone free cigars. I mean, that's 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 the community. That's cigar talk. It is the community. A hundred percent. Like when I go somewhere with cigars, like it pisses me off when people like show up to hang out with me and they don't have cigars and then they go oh can i get one of those and i'm like you're coming to hang out with me and you didn't bring cigars what the fuck you gotta train. 
Now, here's the thing. No, no, no. I still give them cigars because that's what you do. No, no, no. No, I'm the opposite. I will give you the best cigar I have. I was in Lubbock a few weeks ago, and I show up to a bar, and Tim is like, oh, man, can I get one of those? And I was like, for real, dude? You showed up with no cigars? I'm like, yeah, 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 you can have some. <clears throat> well, I had brought all top-of-the-line cigars, like expensive shit. So then John shows up. He doesn't even smoke cigars, okay? But he sees us smoking cigars. He's like, hey, man, you care if I get one of those? Like, he doesn't know. <clears throat> the only two Cigars in my bag is a number nine, 1926 Perdome or a Padron oh, Padron. Ooh. and a 1964 anniversary Hermoso Padron. And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. So I give him one of the Padrones. He smokes like three puffs. Yeah. And then later on, I look over and that badass cigar is laying in the ashtray. <clears throat> So when I give you that opportunity, you do with it what you will, but the consequences are exponential. Like next time the dude asks for a cigar, I'll either hand him a backwoods or I will punch him in the throat. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, hey, you know that like $20? <laughs> right. <clears throat> and that's how I live my life. Thank God I smoke cigars. I, I would finish that shit for you. You know what, Lauren? Just so you know, I've met a lot of people through McAuliffe through the years. And you're my favorite person to interview. Why am I your favorite person? Because you're just laid back. Like, I could say something that would blow somebody away and be like, hey, man, can you delete that out? You'd be like, oh, that was funny as shit. You know what I mean? I love people like that. That means you're my people. Exactly. Well, I, you know, it is nice to hear that. Because, like, sometimes it is trying to find your spot in the industry. And I was talking about Hatch, and sometimes, like, I don't feel like I fit in at all in some ways. Like, I feel like culture-wise, like, at the retailers, talking to fellow cigar smokers, I fit in. But, like, sometimes in the industry, I don't feel like I fit in at all. And, it, you know... I don't know if these people that are sitting over here know we're recording a show because I can hear it sounds like we're watching the Phil Donahue show over here. Anyway, uh, are you saying wrap it up? <laughs> Hatch is like, hey, the show's gone on long enough. So, yeah. No, it's, it's nice, though. It's nice to feel like, you know, you, you find, even if you feel like you don't fit in, you find your pockets of where your home is at. Like, I feel like that's what's always important in any I, industry. I look for people that just like, don't shun me. You know what I mean? If they, if you don't shun me, that means you're not disgusted. Hey guys, before we go, I want to tell you about rabbit air. Hey, you're here. Is this smoky in here? There's how many people, five people smoking in here and it's low. Can you hear it? That's a truck driving off, but like 50 miles away, okay? <laughs> that's not the rabbit. But anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. And until next time. <laughs> Life is short. Smoke with a friend. <laughs> Say whatever you want.
You get shit done. Booyah! clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails to the moon